and welcome to From the Sidelines. My name's Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. We've got a killer interview today with Cincinnati Reds pitcher Justin Schaefer. So special thanks for him to coming on. He was awesome. We had a great time. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at jshaff08. That's J-S-H-A-F-08. And while you're at it, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at FTSPod and on Twitter at the FTSPod. And, I mean, if you want to email us, say hey, say what's up, have any suggestions, email us at theftspod at gmail.com. Let's get it rolling. All right, we are now thrilled to welcome on Cincinnati Reds pitcher Justin Schaefer. Justin, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm just hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah, how's, how's quarantine been in the Schaefer household lately? It's good. Um, just out here in this Airbnb still. My fiance actually got trapped out here when she came out, so... It's just been me and her for a little while till she gets uh, sent back to Illinois. Once Illinois opens up, she'll probably have to go back. But for now, she's been hanging out out here with me. Nice, man. All right, so I'll get, I'll get started. Speaking of, you know, corona and everything, how have you been preparing, you know, during this time? I mean, I've, I've honestly been pretty fortunate. Um, for a little while, I had the – he's still out here, but I was throwing with our bullpen catcher, and then our minor league coordinator work, uh, lives out here, so he has a gym in his backyard. So, um, honestly, I've been able to do almost like a full off season, like have the minor league strength coordinator riding my workouts and working out at his house and then actually have guys to throw with um, to do what I need to do. Yeah, for sure. Arizona is probably the best place you can be right now for baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not really anyone out here left from the team. There's only one or two guys, a couple other guys that are rehabbing. Um, so that part was a little tough at first, but then once I found out the minor league coordinator had a gym that I could work out in his backyard, and then the uh, bullpen catcher, you know, it just made things a lot easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you watch any of the Korean game last night? No, man. Like, I, I, I only have one uh, cable, or I only have cable in one room at the Airbnb I'm renting. Um, and I want to say I saw it was at like 1 a.m., right? Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, I'm, it was like, I'm yeah. long, long gone by then. You know, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. I'm long gone by then. Um, but, no, one of my buddies actually. Were there, were there games being going before? Because one of my. Or yeah. maybe he just bet on it. Because some of. One was like, hey, I didn't know Preston Tucker was over there. I was like, yeah, he went over there last year. So I guess he was playing last night at some point at one of the things. And I saw, I think maybe it was the televised one or someone posted that uh, this kid named Nick Kingham that I played with a little bit last year with Toronto. Um, he was pitching for one of the teams. So, yeah, I, I actually, once I saw that, I actually looked at the box scores to see if there's anyone else I knew that was playing over there. But it was just those two that I saw that at least played yesterday. I know there's a couple of more guys over there that I know. Actually, they might be in Japan. I don't know. One of the, they're in one of the two. Uh, yeah, but uh, so there's been a lot of rumors circulating about uh, the MLB resuming and even the minor league system. So have you, do you have any thoughts on that or uh, anything that you're looking forward to? Man, uh, uh, I feel like every week there's some new new uh, new speculation of what it is. I know originally it was like all in Arizona, then it was all in Arizona and Florida, and then it was three satellite locations, and now they're saying just three completely different divisions. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously I want to get started, and um, whenever they feel it's right, we, we'll get going. Um, but I, I do know the thing that they're saying. Until, we have all these ideas, but until they really um, have enough testing for 
the public along with us to be tested very frequently, all these assumptions or uh, ideas won't go into fruition until they, they feel like there's enough testing for us and the public because that's going to be the most important thing to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what players would you say or teammates would you say you're closest to and kind of how they've helped shape your game? Well, I, I mean, this is my first year with Cincinnati. So, um, you know, this is, I actually only do two guys on the whole pretty much almost in the whole organization coming in. Like I've been with, I was with Toronto since I got drafted. Yeah. Uh, but I was looking like Jesse Winker. I played with in high school and uh, Alex Blandino. I played with in the Cape. So those were really the only two guys I knew, but you know, um, I came out here early. So I kind of got the trickle effect as everyone came in rather than having to walk into the locker room brand new. So I got to at least meet everyone slowly, which kind of allowed me to, uh, create relationships with more guys individually and be able to remember everyone's name uh, quicker. But, you know, that's it's a great clubhouse. You know, I was with Toronto. I debuted in 18. So we really had many veterans by the time I debuted, you know. So it was a lot of younger guys. Like, So you got a very big veteran presence along with some guys that are, like, you know, big-name guys in that clubhouse. And, you know, they welcomed all the new guys in with open arms. And, you know, they're – they're great to talk to. You can pick their brain of any of them um, just from the pitching side. You know, Sonny's great to talk to. Trevor's great to talk to. I don't want to live it out because they're all like they all disco. I knew Disco Fani actually from Florida. I remember his name. I they never play with him. But, um, you know, all those guys are great resources. And, then you know, the coaching staff was great as well. So it was very easy locker room to walk into. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of Florida, man, I mean, how was it like playing for one of the best baseball college programs there are? You know, what was that experience like? And how did they prepare you for, you know, minors and majors? You know, it's – I actually listened to one of y'all's other po- – actually, I listened to quite a few of them because I saw you guys had uh, TJ and uh, Cody. And I actually listened to Fraley's, and I didn't realize that was the Fraley that was at LSU. And I would say <laughs> kind of like what Fraley said, like, it's not easy to play for solely. Like um, – it's it's really tough if you can get through it like we, i mean i've seen guys that are with toronto not play at all get taken in the top 10 rounds and make i mean enter guys top prospects or make the yeah. big leagues like so like you're definitely gonna get the exposure and uh um and become better it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a grind there it's definitely not an easy uh coach to play for but he he you recruits really well, and you're, you're going to have a position to win every year. Um, you know, it, it's – I think I learned more mentally mental, mentally about the game there than uh, physically at Florida, just like, you know, the mental grind plus the – we had a, an assistant named Brad White so that, you know, he just – he really uh, took me in and talked to me a lot, you know, when I would be feeling frustrated or things like that. He'd really just call me to his office and, you know, have some talks with me and um, – you know, that, that was nice to have with how much, you know, it's all about winning there. And, but he kind of, like, made the uh, – um, trying to think of the word. But he just kind of wanted to get with me more as a person rather than, you know, just being about the game. He took the yeah. effort to get to actually know me and stuff. Yeah, man. So I got I to gotta ask you this. You know, growing up in Florida, are you a Florida fan? Like, are you a fan of all their sports? I was not. I was not. So I, I actually grew up saying I would never go to Florida. Never, never <laughs> go to Florida. I actually, I mean, if there was an in-state school, I would have said Florida State. Um, I would have grew up 
like I kind of grew up liking Florida State. And then my sister went to Clemson. So then I kind of wanted to go to Clemson once she went there. And, uh, you know, Florida just kind of happened. I, I had gone on one visit at that point um, to Florida Atlantic. And, and I liked it down there, but they kind of, if I went there, I would have had to play football and baseball. And I didn't really want to, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do both at that time. Um, and I didn't know anything about Florida baseball, nothing. Cause it, and, and Florida growing up, you hear about Florida state and Miami. You don't really yeah. hear much about Florida. Um, at least when I was growing up, it was a like Florida state Miami. It was always those two teams in the super region. I was watching it like, and, uh, so I went up there on my visit and actually really loved Gainesville. And, um, you know, I was, a, was either, I think I'd, I think I was a junior technically of school wise. It was the fall of my junior year, but I was only like a sophomore technically baseball because we hadn't played in spring. So I hadn't really talked to many teams yet. And I went up there and I just loved Gainesville and um, started doing research for the next week about them. I didn't realize they were the number one team in the country the last, <laughs> couple, of minutes, last couple of years. I was like, well, yes, I'll go there then. Um, so yeah, that's then, probably like, a, a good later, choice. <laughs> yeah. Like a week later, I committed and, uh, you know, went there but yeah growing up i did not i always said like i would never never go to florida i just had to ask because we're we're, we're from kentucky and we're all kentucky fans and I mean, when, it yeah. comes to, when it comes to football florida's florida's not our favorite <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's this is something i feel like everyone's like kentucky florida but until like like a year or two ago y'all beat us like i don't even know how it was a rivalry <laughs> i don't know why it was a rivalry but I actually started watching because one of my wide receivers actually went to Kentucky. Um, so, like, I watched quite a bit because I liked watching him play uh, when he was there. Uh, so, um, what was uh, what was the draft process like going from Florida into the minor league system? Kind of what was that like and what was it, how, was it, how surreal was it finally being drafted? You know, it, it, was, it was definitely a process. I didn't know what was going to happen because I was an outfielder at Florida and I got – recruited as a two-way guy but i didn't really pitch to be honest i only threw in the falls and my sophomore year i hit in the middle of the order and so i was just outfield and hit pretty much like it's all i could just hit and i would like i said throw in the falls just to keep throwing but i never really pitched in any meaningful games and then my junior year came around and i just some things happened i didn't really want to play baseball anymore i just wanted to quit and you know got ended up working my way out of the lineup completely. So it wasn't even the lineup at all, but I was supposed to go, I had a great fall and was supposed to go probably between third and fifth round as an outfielder. And, uh, came spring came around and like I said, stuff happened. I just didn't want to play. And, um, you know, went through that whole season pretty much hating baseball. And he ran, they randomly called me at like midnight and we we're about to play Florida state in Jacksonville. And they're like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to start. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't want to. Like, <laughs> I don't want to play baseball anymore. Just be, let me be. Let me stay on the end of the bench. Let me go sit in the bullpen. Like, I don't care. Just let me not play. And um, backtracking. So I threw really, really hard at a young age. So I was throwing 90 at like 14. But it never got any harder. So pretty much, I'm up to my junior year now. No, so freshman year of high school all the way till junior year of college, still throwing 90. 88 90 so i'm like all right i'll throw and then they throw me that game and i'll out of norm 92 95 and so they came up to me after the game they're like hey do you know how hard you're throwing i'm like all right 87 90 that's usually what i am they're like no you were 92 95 so then 
they kept throwing me, and I slowly would just get a little bit more inconsistent as the uh, probably like the last. I was actually very inconsistent for like the next like two or three weeks. They tried to start me again another game. I didn't get out of the first. So then they're like, all right, you're back to the bullpen. Now I'd throw one good inning, one terrible inning, one good inning. And the last like SEC tournament on, so like that two or three outings, it clicked. And I went like the last two or three games without giving up any hits, any runs. Like, And that's pretty much what got me drafted. But I didn't, I didn't know when. Like, I think a lot of teams still took me in the top or had me going in the top ten rounds strictly based off of how I was as a hitter. And they're like, well, he's an athlete. We'll take a chance. But I, I didn't really know what would happen with the draft. Yeah. Uh, what was it like when you got drafted, like trying to figure out uh, the two-way system, like whether you're going to be a, used as a hitter or a pitcher? Oh, uh, going to the draft, I knew the hitting was gone. Like I had it hit pretty much that whole year. I think people okay. um, at that point, I knew they wanted, wanted me as a pitcher. I, I think maybe they thought a pitching doesn't work out in the first year. If I, you know, something happens, maybe they could fall back. But I knew that going into it, I was going to be drafted as a pitcher. Okay. Since you've uh, gone to the NL, how's your batting come along? Since you have to bat now. <laughs> I, I haven't had to pick up a bat yet. Hopefully, as a reliever, I never have to. But, you know, if I have to, I think I can still swing it. I, I think I think I could put a good list. Maybe not the first AB. Like, if I had some, like, put some in the pitching machine, let me see the speed of it. I think I could put together a good AB. I think <laughs> solid, solid contact at some point. <laughs> Give me a few ABs. I'd be good. <laughs> uh, well, since you play an important position like pitcher uh, what's kind of like the biggest mental hurdles that you have to get over during a game oh uh, you know it's I felt like I've kind of went through a whirlwind of both like I remember in the, in the minor leagues and I was a starter and it was if I had a bad outing you got to sit five days and if you have two bad outings it turns into 10 days and three bad outings it turns into 15 so like that was my hurdle as a starter, you know, like you have those multiple bad games in a row. It can really mentally take a tear on you because you might go two weeks without getting past the third inning, you know, and they're just like, am I getting any work in? I'm throwing terrible. Like that, that, so that was a mental hurdle as a starter. And then as a reliever, it's just being mentally prepared every single day because, you know, in the minor league, it's a little bit structured. You kind of like know if you throw – X amount of pitches, you'll probably have at least the next day off. But a big league, unless you go two or three innings, like you're available every day. You got to be mentally locked in. So just the stress of the game, the mental, the I would say for me, the mental part is more ter- uh, taxing than the physical part. Like the physical, your body does wear down and all that, and you will have your bumps. But it's just the mental part that wears on you more than anything, personally, just because like, especially being last year more one inning you just physically like you're mentally have to be locked in all of a sudden the game gets close and you're like your adrenaline starts going so you just get those adrenaline stressful days back every single day so like this is something i'm actually working on just trying to find a way to get away from the game or like calming down my mind or staying calm throughout the game until i have to lock it in because i'm a very uh high twitch guy like so like on the third or fourth inning, my mind starts going and I start getting worked up rather than just being able to, you know, relax. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, man, I noticed I noticed you were eating an apple when you get on here. And yeah. I'm glad you threw that away because, you know, here here at FTS Pod, we love our snacks. And oh, yeah. uh, this, this, is, this is a question that I ask everybody. It's super intense, deep thinker. 
might make your main brain go a little crazy. Um, you know, so say you're out and about, um, you know, if you're in Arizona right now, you got gas stations everywhere. You know, say you're out and about, you get a little rumble in your tummy, couldn't eat a full meal, could eat an apple, but we don't recommend that. You, you want a good snack, something that you're going to savor and enjoy. So you stop at a gas station, um, get a little pick-me-up. I want to see what that non-apple gas station snack is. Yeah, so I, I had been thinking about this. Cause like I said, I've listened to y'all's, up, y'all's password, so I knew <laughs> you were going to ask this. So I was thinking back to our bus trips in the minor leagues, and I feel like I went through phases. Like when I first signed, it was like fast break, sour gummy worms, tea, soda, like something along those lines. Like I'd grab oh. it all. Then, like, I feel like as I got higher up there and when I started trying to eat more healthy, it became, like, beef jerky or in a water. Like, so I feel like I went through a phase. But at one point, it was, like, fast break and, like, sour worms and sour patch kids every time. Had, had nice. to have it. There you go. I mean, because we weren't, I, we weren't sleeping. We had the game system on the seats, and we were just playing Madden all night. So there was no sleeping. I had to have the sugar rush to keep me awake. <laughs> nice well, good, good choice good choice i respect that i'm just glad you didn't say the apple <laughs> no, no no there was never any fruits or vegetables on on the bus even when i started you healthy it just became beef jerky <laughs> uh so talk to me a bit about uh your pitching arsenal uh you have four pitches with a cutter and a sinker um so have you been working on anything uh to develop or kind of how did, how's your pitch uh, arsenal coming along yeah, so, yeah, that's actually changed in the last couple of years, you know. Um, I was always, like, the sinker-slider guy, change-up that you don't really uh, ever throw at. And then the cutter actually threw when I was in low. I, my elbow was barking, so I kind of stopped. But I don't think it was that because of that. It just happened to be barking. And last year was actually the first year I brought the cutter back. Um, and then last year I actually just threw strictly four seams, no more two seams, um, very minimally. I probably – probably through like 20 or 32 seams on the whole year. I barely threw any. And uh, so now it's mostly four seams this off season worked on developing a curveball. Um, I'll have the cutter still. And then my change, which is like a splitter and have that. So I'm keeping the cutter. The curveball was kind of work in progress. I only had one outing this spring before my elbow started hurting. Um, but it worked well. And the one game I threw the first time, that was the first time I ever thrown into hitters. So, you know, I, I, I like where it could be possibly going um, with that. So, yeah, with how the game is going, if you have high spin, it's just four seams up in the zone, curveballs down. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Do you have like a do you have like a go-to put-away pitch? Get get a, get a yeah, strikeout. Yeah. Last year would be slider slider heater up would be the two that I would go to. I usually probably slider down if I could set it up. Sometimes I bounce it too short though i try to throw it too hard <laughs> throw it about 40 feet <laughs> get too excited finally get to two strikes i had until last year i didn't get to two strikes very much i didn't really have many strikeouts so get kind of excited on my two strikes and i tried to do too much <laughs> uh, so is there a guy that every time he steps up to the plate always like concerns you when you're about to face him like always a tough out every time is there any guy yep. like that you know i wouldn't say one particular guy i think for me it's just the unknown like the guy the teams i haven't faced um like i mean that when i debuted i didn't really have that because i the guys i faced were the guys 
for guys that I had faced since Abel with Glaber and Anduar. So I already kind of knew how to throw them. Like, that kind of took that out of it. It kind of really hit me of, like, the big leagues that, that first year was Cleveland. It was, like, I think one of the first guys I faced was, like, Carlos Santana or something. I don't remember who, but along the line. Then I was, like, never face this guy. I don't know how to throw him. And those that's kind of what not necessarily frightens me, but that's usually when I get the nervous part is, like, I don't. I haven't ever faced them. I, I don't know what I can go to when I'm in trouble or what's going to work against them. So like, what usually once I face a guy, then I'm like, all right, I can make adjustment. He got me here. I'm going to make an adjustment. He won't really get me there again, or I got him this way. Until he proves he can hit it, I'm going to keep going there. Um, but kind of more of the unknown of not facing a guy is more than the actual guy standing in the box. Yeah, yeah. Because they can give you all the scouting reports you want until you face that guy. You don't know because. They can say stuff works, but it's different from pitcher to pitcher, even though they say something might work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk to you about AAA. Um, you know, you got selected to be in the All-Star game, and then, boom, immediately, like, after, got called up to the Blue Jays. So what's going through your mind at that point? I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that uh, wraps that up no, this is gonna go, i mean i had been back and forth the whole pretty much season like pretty much every 10 days i had been back and forth to the big leagues and my 10 days would come up and i'd go back up and i'd get sent back down and come back up so on it we were on a road trip and i was like well i'm just gonna leave my stuff at home because not gonna get called up the day before the all-star break so we're in Syracuse and I get called I actually walk right into the field in Syracuse they're like hey pack your stuff you got to get to uh, the airport and I'm like what like this is the day before the all-star game like or the all-star break like I'm like in my head I'm like there's no way I was getting called up because you can make shift together one game like why do you need more arms <laughs> so I don't have anything luckily it was the all-star break so I went up came right back down but in my head I'm like I I was happy because now I got three days off I didn't have to go to the all-star game yeah you know so now I had three days to relax and you know regroup and get some time off versus having to I think my flight if I had to go to the all-star game was 6 a.m the next day and then after the all-star game 6 a.m back and had a game that same day so uh-huh. like I mean the travel would have been miserable um even though like it, I, it would have been fun I'm sure it would have been a lot of fun I would have had a great time but the travel would be miserable. So it, it, it was nice to get the three days off. I got to sit in Toronto for three days. And I drove down to Buffalo, got my stuff with the clubby, and came back up and got two or three days in Toronto just to relax. Nice. Uh, so since you listened to the other pods, uh, you've heard me ask people uh, their take on the Astros scandal, and we haven't had yeah, anything, yeah. We haven't had anything too, too uh, out no. there yet. But do, yeah. do you have a, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, you should you should just totally rip on them. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I'm on the lines of TJ with that. Like you're always trying to find a way to win, and you know. Stealing signs is part of the game. Like, I, I mean, we would do it all the time in college, but not that way, obviously. Like, yeah. we would watch video. We'd see if the catcher uses the same sign set with certain pitchers every single time. So as soon as someone came on second, we, if they use that sign set again, we'd know we have it. And I think that's fine. Like, that's where you want to say technology. You can use technology, 
before you play a team, like if this pitch, this starter, you're facing the starter, and he uses the same sign set with the guy in second previous games and does it again that game, like that's where I feel like, you know, technology is fine, but not in game while it's going on. You know, that's that's a little, little out there of being able to do that. Um, but, you know, like I, I, I'm with him, like how some people are like, what people are like, well, why did they suck? Like people say anything where like, you get to walk up to, I don't remember who was on their team, but at that year, whatever veterans on their team, you'd be like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, it's going to be like, just go along and do it, you know, do what they do. And, you know, like you said, they're trying to win. And, but, you know, I, I, I had thought about it when it happened. It, it was definitely wrong. And I think they know that. But, you know, it, I can't say that I would say anything as if I was in that position. Cause like, you want to win and if you're winning you kind of just go with it and um you know it's a tough position luckily i the way i thought it was i was glad no pitcher got hurt because could you imagine tipping pitches and some kid some guy somebody takes a line drive yeah off the head or something like that was what i thought of it more of the danger of like those guys being such great hitters not knowing what's coming could you imagine what could happen them knowing what's coming more than the actual of the you know winning World Series, but because um, it could it could have been really bad if something like that would have happened. For sure, yeah, that's uh, I definitely agree with that. I'm sure you've heard this question before too, but it's the end of the world. There's a, there's a zombie apocalypse going on. You get to pick any weapon that you want to use, and then also, what group of people are you wanting to survive with that you're surrounding yourself with? Well, I would like to say I would take a gun, but I've seen myself try to shoot at things, and I have terrible aim. I mean, it, is, <laughs> it is terrible. So unless it's a shotgun, like, I, I mean, I need something that, like, you can be way off and it hits them. But um, my my fiance's dad collects guns. Like, he probably has, I don't even know, probably two or hundred or more guns, like, I'd probably be around him somewhere because we will have enough <laughs> ammo and firearms and swords and whatever else he collects like to go for days. So, you know, I don't know who else would be with me, but he would definitely be involved because there was no one other than the U.S. military that will have more firepower than us. <laughs> <laughs> so previously you mentioned you played football, and I didn't know that, so I kind of want to talk about that, man. What what kind of how did you get started playing football and how did you decide baseball was the way to go? So my dad is actually a football coach um, my whole life. Um, he started off in Indiana and then moved down to Florida and was at the local high school all the way till I was in fifth or sixth grade, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were like one of the uh, prestige high schools when it came to around Florida, like in the nineties, they were usually in the playoffs or somewhere around the state championship every single year. They never won, but they had made it two or three times, I think. Um, but it's a small city where I'm from. So like they'd eventually run into a team that was just kind of better than them to an extent. Um, and then around, like I said, fifth or sixth grade, he went to a local college. It was called Weber. It was an NAIA school and started, there's no uh, NAIA football in Florida or I don't even, maybe not even junior college. So, like, he wanted to start um, smaller college football 
for the kids that couldn't go to Division One because that's all that I pretty think was in Florida was Division One. If not, yeah. you had to go out of state if you weren't good enough to go to Division One. So we started Weber, and um, they kind of like traveled around. They got killed the first few years, like because they were having to play like Jacksonville and all these big, bigger schools because there was no local schools around in Florida. Yeah. Um. So then, but then like schools slowly uh, added on, and then. Um, they had like their own conference actually now in Florida. There's like five or six NAI schools, so they have their own full conference. And um, he then, when I was in eighth grade, the high school got really bad when he left. They weren't winning anymore, so he came back when I was in eighth grade. And um, you know, I was there two or three years after I left. Uh, started winning again. We lost in the semi-state when I was there. We lost in the semi-state a year or two after I left to. When I was there, you wouldn't have known who we lost to, but you probably know who Sony Michelle is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they they ran into Sony Michelle in the semi-state after I left and oh. <laughs> lost to him. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I so I just grew up around football. Like I love football, and um, like I said, I committed so early. I, I had a lot of offers and a lot of talks, but I had committed so early in baseball, it kind of turned people off. But I just ultimately, I thought about doing both, but there's only certain schools that I wanted to, like I wanted to play for a championship of one in one of the sports. I didn't care which one, uh, but I wanted to be competing in one of them and it, preferably football to be at least decent because I don't want to die, you know, like. <laughs> and, like so like like at the time it was like when Hakeem Nicks and all those guys like I, I told UNC I would do both if they would allow me because they're always good at baseball and I was like at that time they were pretty good at football too with when they had those guys and I was like I'd do both there and they were like no and Clemson had just came off of having a chart was it Charlie oh, he played baseball he was with the marriage for a while I don't remember his name they had a quarterback though he played he played both and I, they didn't really like their quarterback doing both. And so they were like, no. And like FAU, UCF, USF, all those guys said I could do both. I just, I wasn't going to be able to compete for a national championship at those. And I, so ultimately I just went with baseball. I, I wouldn't say I had the number one team in the country recruiting me in football. So, you know, I feel like I wanted to compete for a national championship. So I chose, chose baseball. Yeah, for sure. So do you have like a go-to NFL team that you always loved growing up? No, I, I'm more of like a player fan. Like, um, gotcha. you know, like I really like watching Tom Brady because I feel like he, he does a lot with not much athletic ability to an extent. Um, yeah. You know, and just finding ways to win. I, I really like now watching Mahomes. The things he can do is unbelievable. Russell Wilson's fun to watch being undersized. Yeah. Um, I'm more of like I just like watching quarterbacks and seeing how, you know, they go about the games and things like that more than actual teams. So this year I will probably be a Bucks fan because Brady's now with them. But <laughs> yeah. In years yeah. past, in years past, I would cheer for the Pats, but now it's kind of nice because Brady's in Tampa. Yep. Uh, so what's your uh, what's your favorite hobby you do outside of baseball? Man. I, I've been working on this. I, I love the golf. I love to golf. The golf is expensive. I need to find other <laughs> hobbies besides. I play a lot. Play some video games. Probably too much. I just, especially now, there's nothing else to do. So. Right. Yeah. Play, yeah, play some video games. 
when I was in Florida, I would golf a lot, but I don't have my clubs or anything out here, and no one's out here anymore. But in the off season, I golfed a lot when I was in Florida before I came out here. What's your favorite video game? Right now, I'll say when I'm playing with people, I really like playing Fortnite. I, I get bored if I'm playing by myself. That's right now, I'm on like the sh- the show Fortnite, and I re-downloaded uh, Rainbow Six Siege. I really love Siege. I feel like it's the I best video. Too. Like shoot. I feel like it's the best shooting video game ever made, but it's like no one plays, none of my buddies play it anymore, but I feel like you have to be playing with people, you know, because there's so much strategy involved in that game too. Yeah, there's like, know, it's yeah. not just like running around like Call of Duty or um, or Fortnite. Like there's so much strategy involved with how you attack and where you attack from and all the, with the operators and how to ambush into the walls and all that. Okay, well, what's, your, what's your favorite operator? Because I'm, I'm a big CGI, I like Siege. Right now I'm on Ella and Habana, but um, okay. I don't have everyone reopened because I just I just redownloaded it. Um, I know I see a lot of guys have been using uh, Mozzie, Mozzie. Mo- I don't remember what it is. Mozzie, yeah. Some new Mozzie. A lot of people. I see a lot of people use him. I want to use Jackal, but everyone blocks Jackal before. <laughs> like, every, they, every time Jackal is blocked every game. No one will let you use Jackal. Yeah, yeah always blocked. Yeah, man. I was always uh, a big uh, Buck fan. That's that's what I, I went like with. I like Buck, too, because the shotgun. You can close quarters go to the shotgun. If not, I actually, I like Twitch's gun, too, but I suck with the little Twitch thing like, of shooting all the cameras off with it, so I, I, don't, I don't mess with it. But I like the gun. Guns doesn't have as much kick as the others. A lot of those guns recoil. Yeah, so I, I just... Oh my god, yeah. I just use Buck just because every time I turn a corner, I feel like I always run into somebody. It's just the easiest way to kill somebody in that yeah. situation because I always like yeah. by habit just pull the trigger and then before so before Bucks, they Bucks dampened it. before they dampened it. So that was however long ago, forever ago when I used to play it. I was I'm a big fan of Blackbeard, but then they dampened oh. the shield. So once they dampened yeah, the shield, yeah. it, and Valkyrie had the best shotgun ever, and then they dampened it. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I used to love Blackbeard too, but that shield, it always like now it just goes down so quickly. Yeah, like it feels yeah. like it's, dude, it does nothing. So I mean, yeah. and I don't really, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the Blackbeard gun. If they maybe made yeah. that a little bit better, I'd be more yeah. inclined to use them. But yeah. So what's like a crazy experience, maybe a fan interaction that you've had throughout your career that's kind of just out of nowhere, like whoa, how did that just happen? Something crazy. Out of I, I don't have any crazy fan experiences like Rayleigh or uh, Cody. I think they said baby, signing a baby yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only, I mean, college is the craziest. Florida State got my phone number for one game, and they just lit me up. One of my buddies went to Florida State, and he was in a frat, and they they got his. He went to the bathroom, he left his phone, and they got my number, and they they just blew me up. Like, oh, yeah. I had like no idea who was texting me. Just hundred like hundreds of numbers or however many numbers from this frat just telling me to go die and all these other things. Oh my god. Fucking spree that night. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was nuts, but then my buddy came back and I, he texted me, he's like, Yo, I'm sorry. I'm like but then the guy that was like the ringleader of it, I guess his girlfriend went to Florida and he told me that. So then like I got him back at the game. Whenever I found out the girlfriend went to Florida, I played a prank on him back, and then it kind of just died down. Then all the other frats were – the other his uh, – what are they, like, 
fraternity, I don't know, whatever you call them, were uh, just ragging on him after that, and <laughs> they got off my back. <laughs> or oh, did you just go steal his girl or something? I mean, I know, I know you're engaged in everything right now. But, you know, I, I, I threw, put something, I don't remember whatever, and it probably wasn't appropriate, but I put something on a ball and threw it to him about, with his girlfriend's name on it or something or like call for a good time or something. I don't remember. <laughs> awesome, man. Did you have to change your number or did you block everyone? No, 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 They, they stopped after the game. Like they were, they were, they ended up being pretty cool. Like at the time they were like wearing me out, but then they ended up, they ended up being cool and they, it didn't, they didn't ever text me again after that. Man, they probably just wanted to recruit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were good at baseball when I was there too. Yeah, man. All right. I think we got one more and we'll let you go. Um, so what's your best piece of advice for somebody who's starting in, whether it's football, baseball or whatever they do, you know, what's your biggest piece of advice for them to succeed in what they, what they want to do? I feel like there's so many good pieces of advice, you know, um, uh, I think one of them, I heard someone say, uh, sacrifice and that's, that's definitely, something like I feel like that's something that goes along with hard work and I it's something I didn't realize that my dad tried to always instill in me when I was young about working harder than everybody um but when you're young it doesn't really make much sense like especially for the best player like I was always the best player growing up I was better than everyone I played against all the way until college so like in my head when you're that you're like that you're going first round there's no one better than you but you don't realize your little small area, your state, you're not competing against them. You're competing against the whole world. And uh, I think if I would have had the work ethic I have now or once pro ball, probably a year or two into pro ball, once I realized how much work it's going to take, that I would have been a lot more successful from high, like especially high school on because I had uh, lifting as a class and I just kind of joked around, didn't do anything, didn't take it serious. Um, and I just lived in my little bubble of Florida or Polk County where I was from. And when you're a kid, you don't realize the big picture of your, it's just not those guys. You're competing against the guy in California. You're competing against the kids in Dominican that can get drafted at 15 or 16. Yeah. Like it, it's, you don't see the big picture. And I think just the hard work and the amount of time and effort and sacrifice, I think TJ said it, it is definitely, that's it. But at the same time, have fun. Like it's still a game. It's still fun. You need to find the balance of kind of what they say, like quality work over the quantity. Just make sure when you're putting in that work, you're giving it everything you have while doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, life's a biscuit. You got to risk it. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. I think we'll, we'll let you go. We really appreciate you having my, uh, you coming on and we had a great time with you, man. And best of luck whenever the season does start. Yeah, no problem. I've, appreciate you guys having me it was fun yeah thank for you. sure Great man yeah. yeah you guys i'll be yeah. sure to, i'll be sure to draft you in fantasy baseball once the season starts <laughs> yeah yeah make sure yeah make sure i'm uh, healthy and throwing oh if not you just wasted a pick <laughs> <laughs> all right man well right, you, you take it easy and good luck man yeah yeah, yeah. You, you too take care yeah see ya yeah. all right yeah. Special thanks to Cincinnati Reds pitcher Justin Schaefer for coming on the podcast. We had a great time, and it was a terrific interview. Be sure to give him a follow at jshaf08. That's J-S-H-A-F-O-8. And while you're at it, 
Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at FTSPod and on Twitter at the FTSPod. If you have any questions or comments or want to give us feedback on how you like the interview, feel free to send us an email to the FTSPod at gmail.com. Bye, have a great time. <laughs>